You are now listening to the Purpose Edits Podcast. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess, and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweets to be successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game and finesse it and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Settings Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. Shane, what up, man? How you living? I'm great, my boy. How you doing? Man, it's a good day. It is a good day. It's early and off to a great start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's rainy and not off to... Well, it's off to an all right start. Just been busy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably real easy when you're busy to feel like, man, this, this, this is too much, right? Yes. Too much too early to handle. Yes. So then the question is, how do you put it all in perspective to then be able to say, you know what, it's still a good day despite. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's I was just funny you say that. I was just listening to um the Brilliant Idiots podcast, and somebody asked a question. They do a segment called Ask an Idiot. And somebody asked a question, is it better to be pessimistic in in relations to your goals? So therefore, if it doesn't happen. You don't feel as let down. And it's just, mm-hmm. to me, that's just such a dreary way to to live life and think about things, man. It's like, how how can you attack something and be the best at it if you're expecting it not to work out and happen? Yeah, that's it's, stupid. It's counterproductive. That's stupid. That's that's having that's setting such a low bar for expectation for a yeah, 100%. Makes no sense. 100%. I'm with you there. Now, question. I'm noticing something that's a little bit different. You only got on one chain, and I'm used to. I feel like I'm used to seeing you with two. Well, um, I, we were talking off air. Somewhere along the line, a goal of mine in my life became to have two chains. So when I graduated with my doctorate degree, I got my two chains, and that was my graduation gift to myself. Spent a good chunk of change. Um, I put one on. I can't find the other one, but I actually have three now. So my new life goal is to have as many gold chains as possible. And this, the gold chain that I just got was from my grandmother um, who passed back in 2020 or so. So my mom gave it to me last time and the clip broke recently. Mm. So I got to find it. But yeah, that, I don't know if I've ever said that, that like my, my, my goal in life was to have two chains for a good chunk of it. Now it's as many as possible. So I'm up to three. <laughs> I, this is news to me. This is news to me. And all the all the years that we've been friends, this is absolutely news to me. My question yeah. then as a follow-up is, what does the chains symbolize? I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no, there's nothing like, I don't know. I, I have no idea what it was, why I came up with this, when I came up with this, but for four, eight, for years, it was two. And I get, um, when I get two, I try to have pendants that mean something. So on this one, I have a ring, a gold ring that my mom gave me when I was three and these two hearts that my grandfather gave me. And then on the other two, I have crosses. My next thing is I want to get an anchor um, or a lion's head. 
those are my next two pendants that I want to get. Any reason for anchor versus lion head? The lion, I just, you know, that's it. As many times as I have asked you a question related to why you want something with a lion on it, and that has been your <laughs> response, yeah. it always catches me off guard. As if I don't know that that's how you're going to respond. Yeah, so that's that's why I want the lion. And then the anchor, really an anchor with a cross, is just because I, I just I'm anchored in Christ, man. And that that's that's my thing. And those are my desires. So in time, I, I don't have goals for them or timelines for them. I actually haven't been able to wear all three at once because I can't find one of them. But I do have three. And yeah, it was funny. Okay, that's equivalent to me and tattoos. So you go. like you, I I get tattoos after certain accomplishments and or just certain things mean something. I, I just recounted the other day. I'm up to 10. I did I not know, know that. I only knew of two. I'm up to 10. I'm up to 10 because you remember growing up, the, the rule was mom said, don't don't have them visible because you yeah. got to go out in the workspace and they judge you just that the other. And then, you know, at some point I felt like in my career, I had earned, I had built up a, a credible reputation to where even if I got a tattoo below right there, the, yeah, the I, sleeve, I, I remember seeing that one now, yeah. You know, it won't, it won't, you know, impact my credibility. Yeah. Um, and so that, that has proven the case, but I, I still, I'm not going to get any on the neck or anything. Well, it's like amazing that. how culture shifts. I think also back then it wasn't culturally accepted, accepting to have visible tattoos. I think now, mm -hmm. even so, even though I believe it's so, you earned it as well. Um, I just think culturally now it's more accepted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially in the workplace. Yes. You know, um, for a long time, tattoos were associated with a lot of negative things. Negative, negative connotations, yeah. And now it's more about self-expression, you know, yes. and self-expression is definitely more accepted. Uh, 100%. 100%. Let's do this. Purpose Addicts, our audience, we always appreciate y'all rocking with us. Let's 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 jump into this show like we always do, starting off with our signature segment we call What Blew Your Mind. So Shane, what blew your mind this week? Um, so what blew my mind, and I have two stories behind it, is basically you can't believe everything people tell you, but you also have to listen to some things that people tell you. Like we just fall victim to haphazard thoughts and because it always is it, it because it always was it always is and that's mm -hmm. not always true like um when i first moved in my house right like within like three days i had my trash can started smelling and i guess we just all accept that our trash can is gonna smell like trash cans start to smell um my brother came down and he had helped me move then i said dang my trash can stinks already he said it don't have to stink you can you probably put something in there that stunk and you didn't take care of it. I was like, yo, that sounds crazy. So I went and I looked and I had, and we had just put that when Christian was younger, we had just put a diaper in there. I was like, oh, that's it. So we took it and we wrapped it up. And from then been in my house two years, I've never had a stinky trash can. I literally can open my trash can and just put my head in there, which I don't know why I would. And it has <laughs> no say, you know how sometimes you open it just to grab something like, whoop, like my trash can is straight. And it's like you would just assume or you would just accept that um, your trash can is going to smell, but it doesn't mm. have to. 
It, it, it does not. It does not have to. And then the other thing is like somebody will tell you like a person that's trying to accomplish a lot is like you can't do everything or they'll they'll throw the line at you. Uh, uh, stop being a jack of all trades, you know, um, but they miss part of the quote. A jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Ooh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. A jack of all trades is a master of none but oftentimes better than a master of one. So mm. the trick is, it's not that you can't do everything. The trick is you just can't do everything at the same time. Mm. That That's all it is. You can't do everything simultaneously all at mm -hmm. once in your quote unquote own time, but you can do everything. You just have to plan and attack and go. Yeah. Man, that's so true. That's so true. God, see, to your point of you can't you can't listen to everything people tell you. But at the same time, you do have to listen to. What yeah, you got to listen to everything you, people tell you so that you can then go do research for yourself, research because you would ready. find that there's more to that quote, that saying that has mm -hmm. been passed down generation to generation. Nobody's ever finished the quote. And I never thought to even yeah. go look to see if there was more to it. I heard it. I heard it somewhere one day and I said, nah, I'm, he lying. And I went and looked. See, see, my rule is, this is my rule and I'm not accepted. People are idiots. <laughs> Even us. <laughs> People are Agreed. idiots. All right? Agreed. People are dumb. Idiots. We're all idiots. All right? Accept it. However, even an idiot at some point in time in life has said something profound. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. A broken clock is right two times a day. Two times a day, baby. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, you know what? This is this is this is perfect. This is perfect related to today's purpose, the the topic at hand. So, for whatever reason, this concept hit me like a ton of bricks. And the concept that I'm building a keynote around actually is called hidden hands. Hidden hands. Right. Like so. This. That's not hidden. I can see that. That's, I can see that. The blur was not on. I can absolutely see that. Sorry. Yeah. Can yeah. If it, it was off camera, no, I can't. So hidden hands. You nailed right, it just right now. It. Sorry. Yeah. So with that, thinking about the hidden hands in our lives, like we we do work. We take steps towards our goals. We um, are responsible for our journeys. But we also know that along the way, there are other contributing factors. There's other contributors. Uh, and for the sake of this conversation, there's other co-conspirators mm. to our journey. And so the question before us is, who are or what are the co-conspirators in our failures? Hang on. Don't answer that question. But just, just chew on that. Who are or what are the co-conspirators in our failures? I'll give you this, this analogy, uh, a flea, an insect, very small, right? My, I mean, microscopic, right? What you can see. So listening to uh, some pod, um, came across another video that just so happened to kind of bring up a similar concept. They talked about a flea's ability to jump, mm. a flea's ability to jump. We're talking about a microscopic insect. Did you know has the ability to jump 40 to 100 times its body length? 
in terms of height. A microscopic insect can jump 40 to 100 times. I'll put it in perspective. If you were to relate it to a six-foot tall human, that would be equivalent to that 20, human 20. being able to jump 330-plus feet. Okay. Well, how big is a, a, is a flea? Microscopic. We're talking about this. This is a flea that is on a cat and a dog. Like, think about how close you got to get in, zoom in to see a flea. That's not the point of the conversation. Okay, yeah, okay, sorry. There was a study shown where they put fleas in a jar and they put a lid on it. Mm. A flea can jump 40 to 100 times its body length. Mm. But when it jumps and it hits its head on the lid, it makes a slight adjustment to where it, it will jump. It don't hit its head, but it come real close. Yeah. Taking it a step further, over time, those fleas had babies. Fleas that didn't jump high enough to hit their head had babies who also would jump watching the parents and would never hit their head. Even though they have the ability to jump 40 to 100 times their body, they're born with that based on their DNA, their anatomy, their Mm. natural capability. So again, the lid in this case is a co-conspirator to the flea's failure. So I bring back our question. When you think about human beings, you think about us, who or what has been the co-conspirators, the hidden hands to our failures? What's been our leaders? I can't answer that question without being too specific because okay. I don't want to say names and um, I, I, you know, I could say the co-conspirator has been negative thoughts. The co-conspirators have been fear. But I, funny enough, coming into this conversation, and again, I had no idea um, this was the topic. I, what I was thinking to talk about with blowing your mind was that um, it's separation season hmm. from people that are weights and that are holding you back and clouding mm. your thinking every day of the week. Mm. So I think to answer your question, the co-conspirators right now, I think I have the worst co-conspirators I'm talking about personally. I'm talking about me, my own mm-hmm. co-conspirator. That my actions don't always align up with my, goals and visions and where I'm going. There's there's many actors in the play, but again, I'm trying not to call those out and point to those. I'm trying to go to the elephant in the room. Um so what are some of yours? I'm I'm interested to see how personal, how in depth you get with well I think we can speak to roles. If we're talking about people, we can speak to roles people play as a co-conspirator, but I mm. also think that we can identify uh, objects or entities, if you will, mm-hmm. that are equivalent to the lid. Okay, let's go back and forth. So, you give me a couple. So, um, in the case of the flea example with the babies and the parents, I think that our environment mm. oftentimes is the first co-conspirator in our family, whether gotcha. it be parents or neighborhoods we grew up in. You think about where we grew up in in Orlando. It wasn't Disney World where Mm. we were, right? 
we, we lived in a different part of town during an era where Orlando itself had one of the highest crime rates in the country. Mm-hmm. And we're talking for violent crimes, right? Mm-hmm. And so that environment should have served as a lid for us and, yeah. and really been a co-conspirator in why we didn't make it out. We weren't successful. We haven't accomplished what we've accomplished. And so I challenge people to historically look at their environment as to how that could have played a part, but also now present day, think about where you are now. Is your environment, the examples you have in front of you, serving as a co-conspirator in your failure or lack of success, however you want to frame? Um, not so much, Simone. Not so much right now. I think I've, I'm in a place where I've escaped that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much right now. As you was thinking, as you was talking, I was thinking a lid, anxiety. Mm. Mm. Talk more about that. How does them anxiety thoughts, serve as a lid? Because them thoughts is like no matter negative thoughts will always weigh you down. So no matter how you get how much you can actually move, that that negative thoughts, those negative thoughts that negative thinking, that that block, that mental block, that anxiety is never going to allow you to break that threshold and thrive at the level you possibly can, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, not social media itself. How you use social media could be a mm. Mm. Not social media itself. Because there's somebody, you know, I love the phrase YouTube University. There's so many people learning new skills, new traits, new things on social media, on YouTube. But there are so many people that are on YouTube just to stay in their mind holes and their their rabbit holes of patterns of thinking. The world's ending. We're at war. Who? This person said this. This negative thing. This. The drama in Hollywood. The white man's holding the black man down. Uh, all kinds of stuff. So not social media itself, but how we use social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is is a lid and it's blocking people from breaking that threshold. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. How you use the tools in your bag determines your ability to be effective mm-hmm. in getting the job done. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, it was probably two weeks ago. I bumped into my neighbor's son. He's a high school senior. Um, he's headed off to college and uh, he aspires to be a doctor. Right. And he was he was talking about having senioritis and ready to go, right? We all been there. We remember senioritis. And I was asking him about what he expects college to be like, right? And he said he had some friends who were already in school and they were telling him how hard it was going to be. And so I could hear in his tone immediately before he even got there, his expectation is that college was going to be hard for him and his path based on what other people told him yep right so we went into a conversation around just because it was hard for them doesn't mean it's going to be hard for you Mm -hmm. when you think about those people i said what are their study habits compared to yours Mm -hmm. and immediately he could say well back in high school they didn't really study that much i was i was the one who was studying Hmm. so right there there's a difference in preparation process just because it's hard for someone else doesn't mean doesn't that it's mean going it's to be, be hard, hard for, you. for you. Or just because they had that experience doesn't mean it's going to be. Or just because they have doesn't mean you can't or you won't or you're behind. 
Yeah. Um, heard I think Inky said it in a, something recently. Like, don't be envious of what people have because you don't know what they did to get it, mm-hmm. and you don't know how hard they work to keep it or something along mm-hmm. those lines. Right? Mm-hmm. Again, that's back to that social media though, you, mm-hmm. you see. And you automatically go thinking negative thoughts just because of what you see, and that they're not you. You're not. You're not them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got to understand. You're not them. Yeah, you are one of one. One uh, of one. In in thinking about that example, I hear comparison. Right, we all know comparison kills. I think that that can be a co-conspirator in a lot uh, of people. Definitely stories. a co-conspirator. Comparison, <laughs> and that was the word I was missing. Comparison is definitely a co-conspirator. I think expectation mm. can be a co-conspirator. I argue that one. All right. Here's my here's my my reasoning behind uh, expectation. Go ahead. Yeah. I think that. Whatever you expect, how low you expect, determines how high you can jump. Whether you set it for yourself or you're basing it off of the example that parents, uh, adults, your environment, social media has given you. I think, like for me, when I talk to people, I'm listening for their level of expectation. When I'm, when I'm working with an organization, I'm listening for their level of expectation. When you talk about defining success, right? There's all kind of quotes around, you know, failure that um, your people who are afraid to fail big will also never achieve big. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So I have an expectation to achieve at this level. Therefore, right. what comes with that? Yeah, I have the possibility of failing at that same level, but. I expect to achieve at that level. So it's okay that that failure is going to be that big. They go hand in hand, but it's the people who expect so small, so little God, of even themselves the and other people. Gotcha. 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 That, that, I made a post the other day of um, my team from last year that just won the area championship again. I said that this is, this is a video of when winning becomes the expectation and not the goal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Touche, yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, co-conspirators, the hidden hands in our failures, the contributing factors. I think habits. Habits are probably the most unsuspecting hidden hands, co-conspirators in our failures. More so than thoughts? Mm, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great question. Ooh. And you know what, uh, Purpose Addicts, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts. Hit us up, uh, email, social media. Which is uh, the greater co-conspirator? Yeah. Your thoughts or your habits? I'm your curious thoughts, about yeah. that. We're going to talk yeah. about this here. Which is the greater co-conspirator in our failures? Thoughts or habits? Well, thoughts become behaviors behaviors become character traits. Our character traits determine our faith. Mm. So thoughts, thoughts, I I change, I change my, but I'm curious, you, you think thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I just think thoughts are a huge part. He who says he can and he who says he can't are All both right. usually right. 
And um, you know, that was it, it was to the example that we talked about earlier with the positive and negative thinking. If you think you can do something, you're gonna be solution solution oriented. So you're looking to solve problems. If you think you can't do something, you're looking at the problems as if they're unsolvable. But I think thinking you can having positive thoughts towards something puts you in, like they always say, like in football, you can't play timid, you can't play scared because you're going to get hurt. So you have to bring, you have to meet force with force. And mm -hmm. I think having positive thoughts is that force that will keep you pushing. Let's, let's what was the other option it. again? Thoughts or what? Uh, habits. Habits. And I mean, but again, for me, it's my habits. So that it, it could be person to person. Um, <laughs> my habits got me. Or getting me, I should say. Let's let's challenge that though. Let's challenge that because there are examples of a coach who shows a kid that they can do something, even though the kid didn't believe it. Okay, right. Think about it. Think about, especially at an early age, kids mm -hmm. who see they're playing basketball and the shot seems far. I can't make that. Dad, mom, coach, right? Mentor says yes, you can. You just got to try. So. He who says he can't is usually right. But is that actually true? Because you can believe that you can't and still do. Does that make sense? No, I got, I got lost. Think about it. Have you ever thought that you couldn't do something and then turned around and ended up doing it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I see what you're saying. So he, he says he can't sometimes. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Sometimes still do. Sometimes still does. Sometimes still does. Absolutely. So again, is it our thoughts or is it our habits? Is it the actions, the behavior? I'm leaning towards thoughts. This guy Define habits. Well, habits are the unthinkable um, actions that we physically take towards uh, accomplishing anything, right? Our habits. We get up in the morning, we drink coffee every day. It becomes a habit, whether you're addicted to caffeine or not. It becomes a habit. You get up, you read. You get up, you exercise. You pray. You meditate. These are the habits that unthinkingly, unknowingly occur for us that allows us to conserve energy because our brain becomes on autopilot. Okay. Is it possible that they go hand in hand? Um, mm -hmm. Because you can be in a habitual state of bad thoughts. Ooh. Ooh. That'll, that, that'll preach all by itself. A habitual yeah. state of so bad your, thoughts. Your, 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 your thoughts are your bad habits. So you have a habit continually. You know, I think a couple of episodes ago, I don't remember, glass half empty, glass half full. You're trained. One. <laughs> okay. Your brain is trained to see the negative. So mm -hmm. therefore seeing the negative becomes your habits or seeing yeah. the neg negative is the thought. And that thought is a habit. Yeah. Yeah. If you look for dirt, you're going to find dirt. If you, every single time. Right. Every single time. All right. I don't know if we're ever going to solve this today, but. But I would love to hear the feedback. I would too. This I would love in the comments below and on the tube you. Yeah. I would love to hear the comments and the feedback because um this is a it's a conversation at best. Which is a greater co-conspirator in your failure? Your thoughts or your habits? Mm. We we're to gonna have to take Facebook. that. We're gonna have to take that live too. We're gonna have a live discussion. Yeah. See if we can't get audience on that. That's a good one. 
That's a good one. Okay. So now we always want to take whatever topic we're talking about and transition it to full, helping our audience, helping the purpose addicts out there move forward. Once you identify what your co-conspirators are, once you identify what your lid has been that has prevented you from jumping as high as you possibly can go, how do you remove those co-conspirators? How do you remove the lid? How do you kill a snake? Cut the head off. There you go. Mm. For me, it's just that mm. simple. Like, if you have, okay, I back up. It starts with identifying the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't realize that you're in a habitual state of bad thoughts, if you if you can't come to grips with that, then there's nothing we can talk about. But once you come to grips with the the co-conspirator, you know, I think you better let it go. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, all right. So that's how you you cut the head off. And, yeah, I and it sounds easier than it says, but I mean that's just what it is. You got to separate yourself. Separation season, man. Yeah, yeah. And I mean the reality is, to your point, if you don't think that there's a problem, then you're not going to truly change. Yeah. So the first thing is is coming to grips and identifying that there is a problem. There's something wrong, right? Yeah. Um. I think I've learned over the years, and this is where I'm going to get nerdy, you know, from my career, that true change in behavior happens only when there's first genuine interest, Mm -hmm. genuine interest in learning. And what I mean by that is some people may not be able to identify readily that there is a problem. However, if you are genuinely interested in exploring who you are, what you've accomplished and why you've accomplished that, that's where you have room to open your eyes to the possibility there is a problem and then be committed to changing behavior. That genuine interest has to be there. That also exists when you're talking about building relationships. That that, uh, exists when you're talking about doing a career change, right? Like all change first happens with genuine interest, curiosity. Yep. And then once that curiosity has been fueled, right, it gets ignited, then you can begin to systematically change behavior, habits, thought patterns, right? That's where you start to see it get sustained. So hopefully for our audience, you think to yourself, who or what has been my co-conspirators in my failures? And then you have that interest to dive deeper and explore how to fix or change what has been causing you to not succeed, at least to the level that you want to. So, man, I appreciate this conversation with you, bro. As always, this is stuff that that gets the juices flowing early in the morning. Yes, sir. We always like to end the show in two ways. One, we talk about footwork, right? If you are moving towards your purpose, discovering, walking in and fulfilling it, you got to do work. You got to put in some leg work, just like the flea has the, the those legs that help it jump. You got to put in some leg work to help you get towards your goal. So, bro, lately, tell me some footwork, something that you've been doing to move you one or two steps closer towards a goal. Uh, just been banging on these social medias, man. Um, the numbers are moving um, at a, in a manner that I'm good. So if you can, like, add, subscribe. Creating Hustle 1440 on YouTube. 
uh, Facebook, Instagram, and especially TikTok. I'm posting daily content on TikTok. The others are, you know, as I get to, but TikTok is the one um, that's really moving right now. Just go check out the content, um, like, add, and subscribe. And that's, that's just the wave right now. What kind of content? Uh, we're doing a lot of, mo I'm doing right now, mainly a lot of motivational videos and motivational montages. So you'll catch, actually, this week, I did a lot of clippings from our podcast itself, where I take you know, like the purpose track on Spotify where I'll just take clips and, and add mm -hmm. video and audio to it. So that's what I'm working on. I'm working on a really, really cool montage as a first video for um YouTube that should be completed in the next couple of weeks. But right now it's just motivational. I do a lot of sharing of other people's stuff. Um just quotes and stuff that that'll get you going. Um there's gonna be more. I'm just not there yet, but that's the main thing that we're yeah. promoting and just doing right now is just motivational stuff. Yeah, that's a great example of continuing to take a step closer and, and closer towards and your goal. Right? Every day I get yeah. a new idea, <laughs> and it's just about being able to execute it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, that's dope. That's dope. What you well, got? So, um, I recently. Uh, got a keynote um, secured for June. And the backstory behind that as it relates to footwork is I had to go through a couple of hoops in order to identify who the real decision maker is. And mm. I, I share this example because initially the opportunity looked like it was bleak. Example, the audience in which I'm going to be speaking to is not my typical audience. Mm -hmm. Then when I reached out to who I thought was the event organizer, I ran into a roadblock. That person said they no longer work with that organization mm. and they had no contact information for me. Right. I see that there's an opportunity, but my first step was, yeah. was a straight Great. roadblock. Okay. So then I went onto the company or the organization's website and I look for a different contact. Now, I was just looking for any contact information. And honestly, after reaching out to about three or four different people, I finally found someone who was willing to say, that's not me, but I think it's this person. This person. Then people are important. That person is pivotal, right? Yeah. I just needed someone to say, I think it's this person. And so by giving me that person's contact info, I ended up getting in touch with the decision makers, administrative assistant, Gotcha. who then got me in touch with the decision maker. So I share that backstory to say, don't let a couple of no's, mm -hmm. right? A couple of discouraging efforts, a couple of discouraging thoughts or results turn into you giving up a quitting on a goal or a dream or something that you want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so this one keynote, this one opportunity in a new city uh, with exposure to a new target audience that I've never been in front of, never spoke to, delivering a keynote that I've never done is now possible because there was some perseverance. What city, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, we're going to Seattle, Seattle, Washington. Mm, that's dope. Yep. Seattle, Washington. So that'll be in the summer and I'll share more to come when we get 
when we get closer to that time. But yeah, that's the footwork, man. We're taking one step closer to get towards a goal, man. And like always, we finish every episode with a word of the day. And the word of today comes from uh, our famous author friend, Miss Maya, Dr. Maya Angelou. And she says, you can't control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide to not let them reduce you. Mm, fact. You can't control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide to not let them reduce you. Yes, there are some lids that have been placed over our lives. But once you recognize that these events are things that you can't control, you can decide what to do to remove those lids. Don't let life continue to be a co-conspirator in your failure. As always, Purpose Addicts, we appreciate you rocking with us. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, share the show, tell three friends and possibly an officer. Go back and see season two Why we say that. Anyway, uh, shout out to uh, our man, Joe Schaefer. Um, Shane, any closing remarks before we get out of here? Uh, like, subscribe to Purpose Addicts YouTube page in addition to the other stuff. Um, we're going to be blowing out the uh, YouTube, so we really got to push that. We need everybody to go like and subscribe the YouTube page, Purpose Addicts. As always, live life on purpose. I'm Coach Vic. That's Doc. We out. And I think a lot of the times everybody's not going to understand your vision, your walk, your purpose, your desires, your dreams, your goals. And they don't have to because I'm going to tell you a secret. Everybody ready? It's yours. It don't belong to them. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't they teeth to brush. Ain't they armpits to put deodorant on. It's yours. This message is for anyone who is not answering the calling on their life. I want you to take note of something. That one thing, that one talent, that one gift you have, that idea that could give birth to a solution that possibly brings harmony to the world will never get the chance to breathe life if you continue to let fear kidnap you from your future. That's right, I said, if you continue to let fear kidnap you from your future. Too many times we settle for good things when we can have God things. And purpose is a God-given gift. Not everybody fulfills their purpose. Not everybody discovers it. Not everybody walks in it. But if you're willing to give up the good things to get to the God things, well, baby, I promise you purpose, that's for you. Failure is a part of success. I heard that somewhere. I didn't make that one. Failure is a part of success. Yeah. I love say, that. You could try 10 times and you may not get it to your ninth, but what if that ninth try or that 10th try is the one that gets you that million? Instead of looking at what we have on the inside and utilizing our tools, we always look in other places and try to pull them here and pull from there when most of the time it's right here inside. There are no problems. There's only solutions. Let's, let's just be in a habit of fixing things or finding a way out. My favorite quote that I learned is that fear does not stop death, it stops life. It stops us from living. And I need you. We all need you to live. Will you do it?